you know, we've been celebrating Easter since the second century, the recorded time of that. I'm sure it may have been earlier than that. But, you know, the church has been faithful to follow that tenet of faith because we, everything we, who we are stands upon that. But, you know, we have been looking at what was happening in the life of the disciples after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and looking at that, we see that there was a relaunching of their lives of what was happening. You know, if if we're going to relaunch our lives in in the coming weeks, our governor told us that that we'll still be in the stay-in-a-home state until May 15th, I believe it is. That could change any time as well. But we we really want to know the purpose of God in our lives. And if we're going to do that, there is a relaunching that is involved. The church, the workplace, the restaurants, our whole society is going to be relaunching. But as I've been praying over all this, how we're going to be able to do this, Lord spoke into my heart and saying, before we relaunch anything, There is a relaunching that needs to be done, and that is the relaunching of our faith. In order to relaunch our faith, the reality is that we've got to start thinking differently. In order to overcome our own personal issues, let alone being stuck in the home with everybody, maybe the family issues or or get past the COVID-19 issues, is that there is a relaunching that is involved in order to continue our journey in in normalcy and and whatever that is, there is a relaunching that is involved in order to maintain the confidence or the peace and the joy of our faith. There must be a renewed work in our lives, which means a relaunching is involved. One of my favorite gospel singers and songwriters. It's a man named Andre Crouch. He sang a song back in the 70s. Yes, the 70s. Now, some of you young ones who are watching this, you may want to Google that. Andre Crouch and a song called Take It Back. Now, here's how it goes. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it. I must confess, Lord, I have been blessed. But yet my soul is not satisfied. Renew my faith. Restore my joy. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first um, received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Now, this songwriter, this, this gospel singer wasn't talking particularly about a place, per se. He was speaking about really relaunching our faith. In our scripture today in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 19, Paul says this, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies to renew the prophecies once made about you. See, that's going back. It's relaunching. 
so that you so that by recalling or renewing or relaunching, then you may fight that battle well, holding on to the faith and a good conscience. See, relaunching or renewing, in a sense, is it's a refreshing of our spiritual walk, the very basic things in which we were taught and what we know today. As an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God, I have to renew, relaunch re- uh, my, uh, my credentials every year. I need to be sure that, that well, they need to be sure that I am uh, in apply- compliance with the Assemblies of God's statement of fundamental truths, that, that I'm demonstrating my commitment to the Assemblies of God and my giving to, to, to our work here at the church and around the world and in our national headquarters by demonstrating my commitment of preaching the Word of God and the gospel to a lost world. It's no surprise to me that the followers of Christ throughout the ages of time in some season of their life, they, they had to relaunch their faith after the, the discovery of the empty tomb. The disciples had one instruction. I find that intriguing. To follow in the midst of the, all that fear that they had and uncertainty, they were told to go to Galilee. Could, could that possibly be something in which he is asking us and relaunching our faith to go to Galilee. Now, you see, I believe that we're in the really same place of the disciples. They were in hiding. We're in a state of home ordered by our governor. And yet, after all this happened, after that resurrection, the disciples were entrusted in a message to be able to share with the world that is so amazing, so wonderful, so liberating. Hmm. Now, w- when I begin to look at this, these instructions that was given to them, I, I begin to have to see how can we simulate that, going to our Galilee and understand what that is. Where is our Galilee? And how do we get there? <laughs> You know, I love the Gospels, and, and, and most of the Gospels end on somewhat of a, a, a note of triumph. I, I love that when, when reading about the women who were going to the grave of Jesus, and, and they were going to bring spices and, and anoint him, and, and all of a sudden, it's almost like a, a, a Steven Spielberg-like fashion. There is this angelic angels there. I, I love the movies and seeing that. I don't know if the angel was big and had a light glowing and blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, But whatever it was, that angel looked at those women and he was indicating and says, everything is going to be all right. (laughs) I I, I think if if that happened today, I, I think that that angel would look at those women and saying, chill out. It's going to be okay. And, and I think he would have looked at, at, the, at the disciples and he would have told them, suck it up, buttercup. It's going to be okay. Don't get all in a, in a panic here. But yet, when I look at the gospel of Mark, it rather ends in somewhat of a sober and, and a subdued note. At the end of, uh, of Mark, in that Mark 16th chapter, 
The word says, for they were afraid. Yes, uh, the tomb was empty. Uh, an angelic uh, being uh, gave this incredible announcement, but there was no Jesus. There was no lakeside fish fry or no traveler along the road who was staying for, for dinner. Only one message of Jesus is resurrected and to go to Galilee. The, the, these women had to be... Uh, terribly um, frightened. What are we going to do? What, what, how, how are we going to say this to, to the disciples? But when I look at uh, Mark, the 16th chapter, verse 18, I think it's exactly the right ending for this gospel. You see, the, these believers, uh, they were under persecution and facing uh, possible execution. We're, we are under persecution today. I think the body of Christ and, and walking in the light of God's word is very unpopular today. Yet I believe that's right where God wants us to be. This is where we live after the resurrection and before the returning of Christ. And we have been entrusted with the word of God to be able to set the captive free in the world around us. But I think maybe the, the meaning is, well, we may not always recognize it. To be honest with ourselves, Mark 16 verses 6 uh, through 8 is a space where I think we all inhabit. Listen to this. Jesus is talking to these three women who came to to anoint Christ with the spices. And, and here's how it goes. And he said to them, do not be amazed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See, here is the place where he has laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, and from there they were seized with trembling and, and, and astonishment. And they said nothing about it to anyone because they were afraid. In the book of Mark, we see that this angel was talking to these women, and they said, do not be afraid. In Matthew, the 28th chapter, verse 5, that angel goes a little further, and he says, he has been risen from the dead. Indeed, he is, uh, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There in that seventh chapter of the 28th chapter, of seventh verse, I mean, of 28th chapter of Matthew, Jesus meets these, these women along the way. And maybe because he knew that they were so frightened, maybe they weren't going to say anything to anyone. Who's going to believe them? Now, Jesus, he says to these women, do not fear. Go. And tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Wow. 
verse 10 says, do not be afraid, do not fear. What is this afraid and, and do not be afraid and, and don't be caught up in fear, fear thing? I think is that he, he wanted the disciples to know it, it's going to be okay. I want you to get past this. I want you to hear what exactly is going on. But, but you see, these, these disciples, what they remember is Gethsemane. They remembered when, when right before that, that they were all in agreement that, that no one was going to forsake Jesus. They were going to stay there. Even Peter says, if, you know, I will defend you to my life. <laughs> that didn't happen, did it? We see Peter uh, among the crowd, and there's a woman there who, who recognizes him, and, and Peter is swearing like a sailor. <laughs> and yet Jesus, what he was doing at this time, he says, you will all fall. But after I am risen up, I will go before you to Galilee. <laughs> at that time, their minds, uh, boy, they were just not thinking clearly, I'm sure. After the death of Jesus, the disciples had scattered. Their faith has been absolutely shaken. Everything seemed to be all over. Any kind of certainties that they had crumbled, and their hopes had died. But these women were given a message to talk to the disciples, that Jesus is risen. And they were given a command to go to Galilee. Not once is that these women were told twice, once by the angel and once by Jesus himself, and says, telling these disciples, go to Galilee. I will meet you there. I will go ahead of you. You know, here's where... The disciples, I believe that they were beginning to relaunch their faith. And what is the significance of going to Galilee? Well, hear this. Galilee is the place where everything began. Galilee is a place where, where Jesus was walking along the seashore. The disciples were about their fishing or fixing their nets, and there's a conversation. This is where that calling came, and this is where in Galilee that they left everything to follow him. You see, returning to that place, is he saying, I want you to restore, renew, go back to the basics of the cross and its victory, but I want you to do it fearlessly. Here's the thing, church. I, God wants you to walk in this life fearlessly. Yes, there's concerns that we may have, but he has gone before us. What I would challenge you to do is that they were going back where it all started. I want you to go back to where it all started. I want you to go back where you started to discover the Word of God. We read everything. Jesus' sermon, his miracles, his new community of faith in which he was building, the, the excitement that there was. Even read the, the dysfunction and the betrayal. 
twice that these women were told to tell the disciples to go back to Galilee. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about, okay, they did this. They're walking back to Galilee. I wonder what they're talking about. I wonder if, if, if they're talking about what they might encounter or, or they're not talking at all because they realize what they have done in abandoning Jesus, especially Peter, that, that they forsook it all. <laughs> See, for them, this is a whole new experience. There is no guidebooks or instructions about what they were going to do next here. There was no promises except that he will meet them there in Galilee. And let me reread this again out of John 28. Then go quickly and tell the disciples he has been risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. You know, he wanted to give them a whole new insight what was happening. He, he wanted them to have a, a new interpretation. He, he wanted them to know that what we were going to be doing is relaunching your faith because this is going to become the new normal. It, it, but it doesn't just happen like that. It's like when, when Jesus met the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus and, and they were walking and they didn't recognize him right away. They, they invited him to supper. It was a gradual process in discovering who they were talking to. That amazing weekend on Good Friday and on through his, his resurrection, there was, I'm sure, so many questions people will be asking and thinking. Uh, uh, a question that Jesus spoke that when, when everybody came to that garden to, to arrest him, he looked at him and says, who are you looking for? <laughs> and, and then when Jesus is standing before Pilate and, and Pilate looks at these people and looks at Jesus and says, what charge do you bring against this man? Can you, can you imagine? Then Peter, Peter was asked a question by the woman is, aren't you another of that man's disciples? And that's when he went on that whole torrent of cursing. I guess fear got the best of him. Most of us have never been in that kind of place. Faced with a choice between cutting and running on one hand, and the possibility of death on the other. How many of you would choose death? But, but this confused, fickle, and impulsive Peter, he went to Galilee. He, he went there because it was that prompting of, of God to speak this into his life, to, to rediscover, to, to relaunch something new. Here's the thing. Going back to Galilee is, is like relaunching our first love for God. 
it may not be a place. It, it could have been a situation. Maybe you do remember where, where God spoke to you and you came to that saving knowledge. Maybe it was an event that happened in your life that, that God got your attention. You know, I, don't, I don't remember when, when I made that first decision to accept Christ in my life. I grew up sleeping on and under the pews. What I do remember as, as a child is that I would be at that altar. I would be pleading for God to forgive me of my sins. I have no clue what sin was I committing as, as a, a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old. I broke my crayons or something. But yet there was that conviction. Going back to our Galilee is going back to that first love. Going back to that call where God has called us to refresh us, renew us, restore us with that passion that was so life-changing within our lives. Before we relaunch this new faith walk, I guess what we have to do is, well, examine ourselves, don't we? In 1 Corinthians 11, chapter verse, starting with verse 23, talks about this whole communion. Here's where we ask you to prepare for this. You know, communion is something so very special. And in, 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 in some, some churches, if, if you came out of a Catholic church, you would kneel there and the priest would place that, that wafer in your tongue and you would drink of that juice. And, and I guess a lot of things are going to change with that. Even in a Christian church, how we did things is, is, is changing. You know, it's not the issue of the ritual of how we serve it or maybe what we actually eat. Some of you maybe have just bread. You take that bread and he says, this bread is a symbol of his body that has been broken for us. Do this in remembrance. He asks us to go examine ourselves before we do any of this because of us knowing the price, refreshing, renewing, restoring our walk with him. So I want to pray with you right now to ask him to help us relaunch our faith as we partake in this communion. Heavenly Father, it is in that name of your resurrected son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just fill these homes with your presence as we take our bread or a cracker or a wafer or whatever it may be, knowing that it is a symbol of your body that has been broken for us. Lord, if there's anything that is separating us from a relationship with you, we ask, Lord, that you relaunch, restore, refresh, renew that first love. And if we have never made a commitment to you, let this be your opportunity, my friend. So just invite them into your life. Simple as that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So they took that bread. They remembered what it represented, the brokenness of Jesus. The 39 stripes in which he bore for our healing. If you are there and you need a healing touch, not only physically, maybe um, emotionally and maybe spiritually, here is your opportunity. Lord, touch and restore, we pray. Amen.
I don't know if you have juice. I got a little Walsh's juice here. It could be water, coffee, I don't care. It's a symbol. But this is a symbol of his blood that has been shed for our salvation. To see what he has done on the cross for us. So, Heavenly Father, we celebrate that renewing of our faith, that relaunching of our faith, Lord, for what you've done, Lord, on Calvary, when you shed that blood for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this walk in Christ is exciting. I love the idea that that we are able to relaunch our faith. In this whole covert 19 thing, let's relaunch it. Let's allow God to do something new and fresh. Let's go back to that first love. Let's get that excitement so that when the church comes together, I am so looking forward to, to a 21st century Pentecost, a renewing, a restoring, that people come together who are excited about that message of Christ, which he has spoken into your life. I pray that this day will be a blessed relaunching day.